Welcome, and thank you for being here with me for the Midlife Confidence Podcast. I'm Vana, and rest assured that this messy, unsettling midlife transition you're going through is designed to lead you to create a purposeful life doing things that you love, because a beautiful life starts with a beautiful mind. Have you ever had someone give you a compliment in such a specific, detailed way that you really felt seen and appreciated, and it really built your identity? For example, there's a big difference between someone saying to you after you gave a talk at church, you did a good job, or you're so great at getting people involved in the discussion and asking deep questions, you really helped me see things in a new way. It's quite a difference, isn't it? Well, that's the essence of our episode today. Lamont and Mikkel Wilcox are a father-daughter team of NAAP facilitators, meaning that they teach people mental wellness from a neurological foundation, and they're going to share with us a specific practice that we can do to influence our children, yes, even our grown-up children, and help them build their best, most effective personal identity and to let them know we respect who they are in the process. This is part two of two episodes. Lamont and Mikkel also joined us last week in episode 66, Release Your Adult Children from Painful Patterns. And I really encourage you to be sure you listen to that to understand more about the patterns we inherited from our families and that we have passed on to our own children. Well, today we continue that conversation, and in the last half of today's episode, Lamont and Mikkel share details about what we can do right now to have a more positive influence. And I'll be perfectly honest and say this is something I really need to work on, not only for my children, but in my relationships in general. So I really appreciate their insight here. But before we dive into the conversation, I want to let you know that I will be publishing new episodes of this podcast every two weeks. That way I'll have time to ensure that each episode is really worthwhile and worth your time. So be sure you're subscribed because that way you'll always get the latest episode when it lands. And I'm already so excited for the coming year, 2022. I'm calling it the year of better questions. And that's what I'm focusing on both personally and professionally. So stay with me. This coming year is going to be epic in many ways, I'm sure. And I don't even think we know all the ways how it's going to play out yet, but let's go through it together. Okay, let's get going on this discussion with Lamont and Mikkel. I want to welcome back some guests that we had on a former episode, Lamont Wilcox and his daughter, Mikkel Wilcox. And on our first episode together, we talked a lot about some concepts that give us a lot of hope about how we can still influence our grown-up children and heal ourselves and heal them and all of us just keep getting better, stronger, healthier, happier along the way. <laughs> and so, Lamont and Mikkel, welcome back. Thank you. We're so happy to be here and to share more. It's our life passion, really, to help parents and uh, teach coaches both on how to influence people and get past some of the blocks that people put up 
in front of men, especially those that struggle with mental health issues and anxiety, depression, and even more severe things. And we really hope that you were able to listen to the last podcast that we were in, because this is kind of a follow-up to that. And so listening to that first one will help you understand this one a lot better. And we hope that you were able to feel that hope, that hope that we have for you and that hope that you can have for yourself in whatever situation that you're in. Because today we want to share some specific strategies that you can actually do, like today. And of course, we encourage everyone to learn more about themselves so they can go deep they can become the ultimate strategist for their child by learning about their own brain, how to get into their own brain and make changes themselves. But we also like to let you share some specific strategies for you so that you can see how incredibly powerful this model that we use is at being able to influence and change your children. I'm really looking forward to this. And I just have to share a quote again that I shared in the last episode because it's such a great foundation for what we're talking about. And I heard someone on a podcast say that we can only parent to the level of our awareness and our own healing. (laughs) So Lamont and Mikkel today will help us understand more how we can raise our awareness and heal our past to help our families today. Yeah, and I really love that. That is exactly what we're going for. Because first of all, I'm talking to you, parents, right? I'm not going to be able to influence or change your kids. So I'm not going to talk to you a ton about your kids, I don't know them. You're the one who knows them. And you're the one that's in front of me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do everything I can to use your love for your children as leverage to help you change yourself and get yourself into a higher place in life. Because I also know that's the best way to help your children. And so we're going to emphasize that more today with some actual things that you can go do right now to help to start to change your patterns. And this is so fun because we're going to talk about how you can have an influence on them by starting with yourself in a simple way that you can do today or do it multiple times or do it with all of your children. And we've done it in the past and it's been really cool to kind of see the influence that it's made on us when we're trying to help others around us. And it's it's really fun to do. So we're excited <laughs> to share it. And, and I like she shared a really important word and that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> If, if you look back as you were raising your children when they were young, you, you can see that I'm sure you had a lot of fun with them. And I'm sure when you look back at the things that didn't turn out so well as far as your parenting and with your children, I'll bet there wasn't very much fun involved with that, <laughs> that teaching process or that experience that you're trying to teach and learn. And kids love fun. They're, they're here to teach us something, you know, that life can be really fun and playful. And that's a key component to that. And if you have discussions and experiences with your children, it gets kind of heavy. That's a little signal to you that it's time mm-hmm. to turn up the fun. It's like shift something and get yourself Or even to bring humor into the situation and lighten up the mood about what it is that you're talking about so that the child or whoever it is you're trying to influence feels relieved of that pressure, that it doesn't have to be so serious and that you can just have fun with going through hard times sometimes even. <laughs> yeah, so we're really excited to share one of the most powerful parts of the model that relate to specifically what we do. And 
we almost hate to share it before <laughs> you understand the model because the model helps you customize it so well. Or even take it to a deeper level to where you understand it so well so that the effectiveness has a higher chance of, of helping yeah. you. But we don't have time to go through that whole model and through that process right here and now. <laughs> so we're going to share something with you that you can use. And so so as, as we all know, children, as they're growing up, they're building up the definition of themselves. Their identity. So they're creating what they perceive as their identity. Their identity is a major foundation to their maps that we talked about last time, their ways of reasoning, their ways of seeing this world, the way they translate this world, and how they reason what action to take, what behavior to follow that belief up with, their identity. So if you want to help someone change their behavior, the ultimate key is to help build what their perception of their identity is, how they fit in this world. We're all still doing it, even as adults, even as parents. We're still trying to really build mm -hmm. on our identity. When they're kids, they're at a high level of that. And so they're very neuroplastic, or in other words, they're very ready and willing to shift and change. And he even used a key word here of perception, that the child is perceiving those things in a certain way about their own identity, whether you see that or not, it's all about the perception of the child and how they view their own identity. And oftentimes as parents, we get caught up in the result that we perceive from the child and we think it's not what we wanted for them. And that perception can get in our way because we might be wrong. And a matter of fact, we're usually somewhat wrong. <laughs> can you give an example of what does that mean? Like our perception of their behavior? Yeah. What so, could they be doing that we would see wrong? As yeah, wrong? that's a great question. As a matter of fact, it's also another way to help you realize as a parent, you, you didn't mess up that bad. You think you messed up really bad, but you, you didn't you, because there are certain things you can't predict very well, especially without understanding how the brain works and different things. And so I'm sure all of you that have more than one child have realized and noticed that you might have a strategy with a child that works really well with one child. <laughs> and that same strategy applied to a different child. And you might have two or three children in the room at the same time, and you're being an example in a certain way. But one child takes that example one direction, and the other child takes that in another direction. Or maybe you even have twins, and they've grown up in the same kind of environment that whole time, and they still are so different. And, and it's because their perception, in other words, what they notice about your behavior, what they notice about your patterns is different between children. So you might think, oh, I messed up because I did this. And it might be that it, it worked for another child and not for this one. And you just didn't know that. So parenting is, is not simple when you try to create just strategies. But if you get to the core of how your brain works and how it, it functions, it does become simple. You start to tap into our intuition, what really will help that child. And when you really learn this model, you learn that there's a way to know what will work for a child. Like, you know, you don't question if it's going to work or not, because there's something inside you that tells you this will work. If you do this, you respond like this, and you talk like this to the child, you know it will work. You don't have to see and watch their response, because that's another big problem with parenting, <laughs> is that we tend to look and watch for the response in the child. Or even rely on that response for how we are feeling about the child, how we feel love towards them. And so if they do something that maybe we didn't like or we didn't want for them, then we tend to have that conditional love on their actions and what they're doing. And they feel that. They can <laughs> see that. And, and, and no matter how hard you try to hide that, <laughs> they'll see right through it. 
And so we get caught up in looking at the results that we see from our children, Mm -hmm. which is why we get so frustrated when they turn into teenagers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Where's the evidence of all the hard work and good things I thought I did when they were in elementary school? Yeah. Yeah. And then we become anxious as parents because our teenagers aren't doing the thing. We're not seeing that they're applying all the principles we taught. When in reality, they actually are applying them in a lot of different ways. But now they're searching for their identity and they're pulling away from you. And so it doesn't look the same from our side. Mm -hmm. And so then we start to feel anxious as parents. And what does that do? It creates patterns of anxiety for our children. They start to believe that's the way to deal with life is be anxious just like you were. So you're actually creating patterns and showing them the patterns And then they're taking them on or they're rejecting them because they have a choice at this point when they're older and they're teenagers, they begin to have the ability to choose, which neurologically they didn't when they were young. Mm -hmm. So we we can see that all got set up in the early years. And now here we are and we have adult children living their own lives, making their own decisions. And it can feel like it's set in stone now. Mm. Yes. So now what do we do? It does feel like it's set in stone. (laughs) And the key is to understanding that everyone's activity, the way they respond, the way they think and believe and translate this world is still built on a foundation of their identity. And the majority of the foundation of their identity came from their parents. And they want free of some of those things. Mm -hmm. They want free. They know they want freedom from that. It's causing stress. It's causing pain. It's doing all these things. And a lot of these are going to be on subconscious levels, right? A lot of the time, consciously, we don't realize that that's what we're looking for. um, Yeah, I would say mostly on a subconscious level. So good to clarify between our consciousness and our subconscious. Mm -hmm. And so the child unknowingly wants you as a parent to change so they can change. They're almost relying on it. They're waiting, even as an adult. They may have a bunch of patterns. They're waiting for you to shift and change and show them, this is how you do it. This is how you shift and change. And this Mm -hmm. is the language that follows that. This is the body language. This is the feeling that follows it. And they get all those things from you when you change. And so we want to share with you one (laughs) method that you can use that is very effective at helping set your brain up to be in that place for them. And this will also even help you gain clarity around what it is that you really feel towards your child and kind of see where your relationship is in that way. So anybody ready to hear that? Anybody want an idea of how to find that magic sentence that helps change their child? (laughs) Yep. So So without much understanding behind the model, you can still do this. Once you have a deeper understanding, of course, it works like 10x. It's, It's very amazing once you have a little deeper understanding about this. But this will still help at every level. And what it is, is you simply write a letter to that child. And you can do this with anybody in any relationship, just so you know, your spouse, your child, anyone. You write a letter, but this letter isn't going to them. You write the letter with the intent that you will find clarity. You act like you're speaking to them. You think like you're sending the letter, but you're not actually going to send this letter. And this does something mentally for you. It helps you to be a little free and more open with yourself and discover a little bit more about your thoughts because you're not worried as much that they're going to hear this and what the outcome is going to be. 
So this is the mm -hmm. key. It's this little trick you're playing with your brain. <laughs> <laughs> and the deeper that you do this, the deeper that you go into the thought processes and thinking around your child, the more influence you'll be able to have on them because you'll be able to go inside yourself first and have that clarity around how you feel about them. Yeah. And so you'll want to start writing the things that you love about them right? The things that you love about their identity and who they are already, right? That's, that's a big key of trying not to get caught up in thinking about who you want them to be, right? This is about who they already are. Yes. And, and here's something, I'm going to reveal a little bit of what you did that wasn't very effective as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> and we call it oversimplifying. When we tell a child, you're a good kid, or you've done something great, or congratulations, that was a wonderful thing that you did. Or we talk to our kids and we say, you guys are great kids. You're really good kids. Like, yeah, that, that can be helpful. But just so you know, there's another level of that. And it can also really backfire. And, and this is why, because you're not building their identity deep enough for them to believe in it. In other words, how many of you have ever had someone compliment you, and almost every time you see them, they compliment you, and they compliment everyone. Well, we begin to see it as this person is a complimenter, mm -hmm. and therefore their compliments don't really have much behind them. And I'm, I'm going to touch some buttons here, so just, you know, <laughs> birthdays, for example. People reach out and say, happy birthday, happy birthday. I'm thinking of you, happy birthday. That is one level of taking note that you thought of them for a moment, but it's a pretty brief moment. And it doesn't have a lot of impact. So when you go to compliment someone, the key is to build on their identity, to help them become aware of the parts of their identity that you personally, from your perception, feel like are good or effective or that work. And for them, that work for that person. That work for them. <laughs> so you don't want to bring in your beliefs around them or what they should be doing, but what they already feel. Yeah, so we're going after the building of their identity based off of their existing beliefs. Because if you give them their existing beliefs, are they going to go against them? No. No. They're not they don't have it anything to do. It reinforces what they are wanting to believe already. Yeah. And the reinforcement is because of the clarity they get when someone else points out what they were doing, right? So you have all these things your kids are doing that are great. And and the key is not going to be to go and tell them all the things they're doing wrong or point those out. They don't need that anymore. Mm -hmm. What we're doing is we're helping them see what has worked really well for them. Their brain is a, we call it a success machine. It's always getting success. Mm -hmm. It always is. It will find success. It doesn't survive without it. It needs the chemicals. It will find a way to do it. By you showing them the ways that they get those chemicals or they get that success, clearly they then will see and bring it to their prefrontal cortex. In other words, their consciousness and it will, they'll become conscious of the thing they do. Now, with that consciousness, they now have a vision of what works within them, and they will be more likely to apply it to the mm -hmm. things that didn't work, <laughs> that weren't working before. Mm -hmm. so, so this letter that we're writing is to put us in this place in our mind, the way that we think, to be prepared to use those building exercises, those identity-building exercises. So you then begin to start to make a list of all the things that you feel that they do effectively and that builds their own identity. And you can even take that on a deeper level of giving multiple reasonings. Reason, reasons. Reasons. <laughs> you can do that by giving multiple reasons of why it is that they do that one thing 
and how that is effective in the way that they're living. So I know this isn't new and it's a little complex, so I'll give some examples. (laughs) (laughs) So first you write down the thing that you think that you like about what they do or that you think is effective for them. So let's say you have an adult child who is in a marriage that is maybe struggling a little bit, but there's still things in that marriage that they do well, that they do really well. So you're talking to that person and maybe they're talking about their marriage with you, or maybe they're not, maybe they don't talk about their marriage with you, but you just know from other people maybe or whatever that they struggle in their marriage. So first you think, what do they do well in that marriage? And so the answer that comes to you, for example, would be, well, they work and they provide, right? Maybe it's they work and they provide. Or maybe it's... They spend time with their kids. They spend time with their children or with their spouse. And maybe they have a date night every week and they do that date night or something like that. So first you think of the thing that they're doing. And so let's say the date night. Mm -hmm. And then, so you could say, I think it's great that you guys go on a date night. That would be the surface level. And that doesn't get to their identity very deeply. I mean, that could be better than not saying anything at all. Yeah, it could be better than not saying anything at all. But but I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you're one of those people who are already trying to say things, mm-hmm. that, that you're at that level where you're attempting, but you're seeing your attempts are not landing very mm-hmm. solidly for the other person. Mm-hmm. So you say something like, so I, I think, you know, you guys going out, and I could be wrong. Notice that language. I could mm-hmm. be wrong. It's not me pushing something on you. And so the parent then comes from a viewpoint of neutrality, right? I'm not pushing anything mm-hmm. on you. I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Those are all kind of covert language that you can use to show that no matter what they're doing is great and that you believe in them, Yeah. but that you also don't know all of the answers. So what you're looking for next is the reasoning they may be using to have that behavior. And then you're bringing it to the surface. So for example... You might say, I, I know you guys go on your date nights every week, and I just think that's great. I think it's wonderful because that must mean that you're really dedicating to your marriage and that you're putting forth effort and that you really care about each other. And it's an expression that you care about each other. And also, I'll bet your kids notice that you put aside other things and that you put each other first. And that by putting each other first, I mean, think about how powerful that is for your children to realize that when they're in a marriage, that they put their spouse first, Right. That doesn't mean they're going to go do weekly date nights necessarily, mm-hmm. but it means that there's this foundational value that drives that behavior. And so you're bringing up their foundational value and you're helping them see, wow, I do do that. Now, here's the crazy thing. If you think about it, people have done this for you before and it changed you. And the next time he goes on a date night with his wife, guess what happens? Mm-hmm. He thinks about all those things that are the benefits and the reason people stop doing things is because they stop thinking about it. They stop noticing them. And mm-hmm. since you brought them to the surface and you mentioned them and you're their parent, and you mm-hmm. might look back and say, wow, that would have made such a difference if we would have done that ourselves yeah. and, and, and focus on each other. That would have been an example. I'm so glad you guys pushed past the poor maps that we taught you and the poor example we gave you. And you came up with your own and you took off on your own with this incredible habit of going out once a week mm-hmm. and dating. What else does that do for you? And then you ask them. And then they bring it out and they get more clarity around it. And it brings it to the surface of their thinking and their prefrontal cortex Mm because it's been stored in the back of their subconscious and they're forgetting about it. And just by having that little conversation, suddenly you have transformed their weekly date night into a whole different thing to them. And even notice how, right, this isn't a conversation that you might actually have with that child or that person, 
But notice how it even feels just us talking about that or how even imagining how you would feel if you actually had that experience with your child and the fulfillment that you would get by giving to them and doing what you can for them. And how good that feels. And that's the fun part of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see how even just writing the letter and being aware of the good things your kids are choosing to do, the good things they're creating. Yes. It changes your feeling towards your children exactly. out, of, out of what might be fear or worry yeah into like they've got this they're figuring it out yes yes because you suggested that i write letters right when we planned on this podcast so i started doing that oh i have more to go but i started with all four kids Mm -hmm. and i noticed with every single one i started it with a feeling that i had most deeply for them and it was the same for everyone which is i feel respect and awe for who you are now And realizing that even though they're all different and have different lives, I just am in awe of who they're becoming now. And and of course, then the rest of the letter was very different for each child, Mm -hmm. but it definitely shifted, you know. (laughs) Yeah, it shifts you. And not only that, but it sparks this extra light of hope that you have some influence. You can do something because you now Mm -hmm. know something. You're ready. You get excited about the next phone call instead of anxious, which some of you may get anxious, some don't, Mm -hmm. but you might have this extra little level of enthusiasm that something in your letter might be able to surface. You might be able to say something. And that actually opens up a part of you that is more creative in your brain. It activates the part of your brain that becomes more creative, which is what you need in that moment. That's what that child needs is that creativity. Mm-hmm. And and that's what you want to open up. So then all of a sudden, if your child comes to you and has this issue or this problem, you already know what to say. You've already kind of thought something similar through that you could respond in a really loving way, a really authentic, genuine way. And all of a sudden, you're not stressing about it. You're just confident and you're able to, to influence that child or that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of you might be struggling <laughs> with children at a lot higher level. And you're like, I, I can't hardly say anything. Mm-hmm. Like they are so against me or negative or... They don't want to talk. And and then our typical go-to is like, I'll just tell them I love them. Right. Mm. <laughs> I wanted to go with that. <laughs> tell me more. Because we do that, right? I love you. And they look and, right past it. Yeah, why? Like, you're, you're trying to... Mani- but yeah. that's what we're supposed to say. Why do they look past it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and the key is saying I love you is it easily becomes like a go-to. It's mm-hmm. almost an escape for the parent. Like, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to say I love you because I'm lost. And well, it's mess- kind of like the happy birthday thing almost. Like, yeah, yeah, it very much is. It's the standard answer. Yeah. So then we go deeper and you ask yourself, why do you love them? Because that's what they want to know. Mm-hmm. They want to know what you see in them that is lovable. They want to see what you see in them that you look up to. Mm-hmm. One of my recent clients, just a quick story, if we have time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a really powerful story. So I was having a conversation with this client that I was working with and coaching or facilitating. And she said, I have this son that he's just trying to accomplish everything. And he has all these businesses and he's super busy. And, you know, my birthday came up and he canceled five times to get with me for my birthday. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, who does he have a good relationship with? She, he says he doesn't have good relationships. He's got divorced. He gets girlfriends. They leave. They're gone. He, he keeps getting new ones and then they leave. No one sticks with him because he doesn't have good relationships. I said, who does he have a good relationship with? And she said, his daughter. He has a teenage daughter that he really has a good relationship. I said, why? What makes you think he has a good relationship? Well, he spends time with her and he just thinks the world of her. 
And so I turned and said, okay, if he called you up and said, mom, I think the world of you, would you believe it? And she said, oh no, not at all. Now why? Because he doesn't show up. He cancels. He does all these things. That's not it. I said, okay, so what if he came to you and he said, mom, my childhood was incredible. I had all kinds of things happen, good and bad. But one thing I noticed about you is that you really put time aside. You put the other kids aside and you took me to art classes because I happen to know that he was an artist. You took me to art classes and you encouraged me in art and you were an example to me. And even though everything wasn't perfect and your relationship with dad wasn't perfect, you know, I've learned to love my daughter. And I know that that comes from all that you did for me. And you've done so much. I saw so much. And the powerful person you were as, as dad wasn't around as much, but how you just worked to try to fill that need that we had. And you did everything you could. I think the world of you. Now do you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, yeah, now uh -huh. I believe it. Uh-huh. And so that's, that's what we're talking about. It's getting to this place where you, you build their identity. That's what he would be doing for her, mm -hmm. is building her identity around it and therefore removing fear. And when you remove fear, it opens someone up. And yeah. then they'll take what you say. So if you want to say, I love you, don't ever do it again and stand alone. <laughs> There's always time. There's got to be a reason why. There's got to be a reason why, why you, you love, love me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why do you love me? And why do you think I'm worth loving? Why do you think I do that's so great? Mm -hmm. That's what your teenagers are saying when they throw it back in your face. When they were throwing it back in your face, what they were saying is, tell me more. They were mm -hmm. testing you. They were saying, do you really love me? Let me treat you poorly and see how that goes. Mm -hmm. Let me see if your love is unconditional or if it's conditional. And what might of you might look back and say, wow, it was conditional because I didn't respond with love when they threw it back in my face, mm -hmm. when they were you know, mean and when they told me bad things about my parenting or they said they wanted to leave or all those things they said and I reacted with up being upset and anger, that was their test. Mm -hmm. And I was still letting the conditions drive me, not the actual unconditional love. Yeah. It's powerful stuff. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is so much to think about and definitely something that takes some thought and intentionality. And yet I can see how much more powerful that would be. It's like, yeah. you know, getting out of the shallow end of the pool into the deep end where. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I can assure where, you that yeah. this little shift that may, this can be life changing for someone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely life changing in a way that lasts for eternity. Mm -hmm. that last their whole life. They can make one little shift. One little thing you can do can change their relationship with their child or, re or their spouse or one little thing. And I've had people respond and I've gone back in my life and seen these moments in my life when someone did that for me and it changed the whole direction of my life. Mm -hmm. And you can do that with your children, e even as adults. Mm -hmm. You can change it in one little thing. This is very, very much worth your time. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Lamont and Mikkel, both for being here. And tell people again where they can find you and see what you're doing. So we have a weekly parenting class that we do over Zoom at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays, every Wednesday. And if you want to register for that, you can go to our website, fulfilllifeyourself.com, and put your information in. And then if you want, you can also search Fulfill Life Yourself on different platforms like Facebook, podcasts, and, and YouTube is probably the best source there. And just to clarify, it's 10 
a.m. Mountain Time, mm, in case you're in know. another state. <laughs> yeah, I have people all over, so. <laughs> and then that's yeah. the live session. You can come in and actually ask questions and be a part of it and participate. Or there's a replay at 6 p.m. So you can sign up for either one of those. And it's still on Zoom, but it's just a replay of the previous one. And then we hope to work with you more on other things and maybe meet you in person and and have you join some of our group sessions that we do for parents where we really go through the whole model and teach the whole thing and help them get to a new place. We just finished one yesterday. It was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. The people came out of there with new eyes and new mm-hmm. possibilities that they believed in and in themselves. And, and they were ones that had kids that were struggling with some pretty severe stuff. And we hope that we're able to give you hope in, in this podcast that that's the biggest thing to keep searching until you find that thing that works because... There are things that work. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. Thank you again for being here. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) I really did enjoy talking to Lamont and Mikkel and appreciated all the insight they had to share. This is not a trick or a strategy to get our children to respond the way that we want them to. It's not about manipulation. It's a fundamental change in how we notice and honor them and expend the effort and energy to share that with them. That changes us. It changes the way we feel about our children. It changes the way we show up as parents for our adult children. I wish I had understood this earlier, but I also feel there's something especially powerful about making changes in our advancing years and our children seeing us be able to do that because that gives them permission and the possibility to do the same that they can change even now and as they continue to develop through adulthood, and that we can show them it's never too late to change. This is calling me out on something that I really need to work on. I can see I tend to give very broad, general compliments or recognition to my kids and other people, And after talking with Lamont and Mikkel, I really want to be more aware and more able to see deeper and offer that to others to help them solidify their identity. And I have to say, for me, the biggest shift happened with that idea of looking out for what our kids are doing that is effective and working for them. This is quite a different way of looking at their essential worth than just how much I love them. It's like being able to trust that their own inner wisdom is guiding them, that they're figuring things out in their own way, and that feels really hopeful and confident to me. So let's review the steps that Lamont and Mikkel suggested. First of all, you're going to write a letter like you're speaking to your child, a letter that you won't send them. And second, in the letter, you're going to include the things that you love about them and the reasons why you appreciate those things. And you're going to write down the things that you see them doing that are effective in the way that they're living and what's working for them. Third, we want to keep in mind that we want to tie these things into their identity, their perception of who they are and what they want to believe about themselves. And we want to help them confirm their identity and remind them of the good things that they're doing and how much we admire those things. And fourth, let's remember this is about who they are now, not who we wish they would be and what we think they should do. So this letter will help you get clear on what you can express to your children when the opportunity comes up. You'll be ready to tell them just naturally from such a respectful place 
that you see who they are and you recognize and honor who they are and what they're doing. I think this is valuable for children of any age, including my grandchildren. I have three grandchildren who are two, five and eight right now, and another one coming in just a few weeks. And I sense that this will be a powerful way to connect with our grandkids. All right, who's with me on this? I definitely have a lot to learn as a parent of grown-up children, and it's something I want to make a priority in the coming year. I hope this practice will really bring our families together in a new way. I've had this phrase in the back of my mind for several years that just keeps coming up. So it's kind of become a goal for me. And it's simply the thought, family power through family unity. And I love trying something new, a new approach to parenting even now. So I wish you all the connection, the healing, the trust, whatever it is you're seeking to feel with your family. Be peaceful, be powerful, and love your radiant heart. And please share this episode with a friend who might enjoy this. We want to offer help to anyone who's seeking it. Remember, I do one-on-one coaching with women in midlife who feel unsettled and want to make this stage of their life truly rewarding. And I always love to talk about building relationships with our adult children. It's a whole new territory of parenting, isn't it? So you can email me at vana at midlifeconfidencecoach.com. Follow me on Instagram. I'm at Vana Davis and learn more on my website, midlifeconfidencecoach.com. Take care until next time.